Hey guys, it's Naya and Tuli. And as always, we are your wonderful hosts on this podcast called Rant Much. Okay, so today is a very, very special episode for us. Um, But before we jump into the topic of the day, Tuli, how are you today? I am a little bit frazzled. Um, I I'm I'm not normally like unprepared or like um, I don't know like not not ready to record. But for some reason, an hour before we started recording, I was like, let me wash my hair. And then I was like, oh, let me blow dry my hair. And then time ran away from me. And then I wasn't ready. And I wasn't set up. And then everything was dying. And then I was like, okay, guys, it's just going to be 10 minutes to charge everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit frazzled. I even had to get a cup of water because I was like, I don't know what is happening with me. But otherwise, I'm no, good. Um, I've, had, I've had a really great weekend yesterday. I got some new headshots taken, so Woo! I'm really excited about that. I mean, if you oh are an actress or actor, you know, I know you you know how important headshots are for an actor and actress because I guess I just feel like my current ones are not selling me um, and doing me ju- as as much justice as they should. And yeah. as you know, you all know who've been listening over the past few weeks, I am now an agent. So now I understand the importance of headshots a lot more than when I was just an actor. You have no idea how much casting directors just look at your photograph to determine whether you are worthy to audition for this role or not. So me learning that was like fire under my ass to go and get these new headshots done. Although you know, getting my makeup done and the actual photographer cost me an arm and a leg. It was super important for me to do that because I need to invest in myself as an actor so that those, I can see the returns. Right. So yeah, if you are an actor and thinking about, is it worth it to get my headshots redone? It is worth it. Keep them as current (laughs) as possible. So yeah, now that they're done, I want to go get my hair braided because you know, I've done what I needed to do. (laughs) How are you? You've just gotten your hair braided and I'm so jealous. And I need you to take off that hat so I can see. Okay. So those of you who can't see me, I am mid process of braid. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just come clean. Okay. I am. Oh, well, what are you not finished? (laughs) No, I am in between. We are recording this podcast in between my aunt finishing my hair. Y'all like, so that, that explains my day. My day, I woke up really early today. I hung out with some friends yesterday, came back home, pulled my life together, ran to my aunt's house, was like, oh, we have to record. I'll be back. And then after we are done, I'm going right back so she can fig- finish my hair. But today is pie day. So me and my family are cooking pies today. That, that's how bougie and weird we are. Like, that's just our suburban little life. Okay, so okay. you're wondering what. Please what explain pie to is. us South Africans what Pi Day is. I have no yeah. idea what that is. So, so mathematically speaking, Pi is three point one four dot 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 whatever. So in America, oh. we have this cute little thing called Pi Day. It's not like a national holiday or anything. It's like one of those like oh a holiday for every day type thing. We have a calendar in our house that literally has a holiday for every day of the of the year. 
not just the month, but literally the year. And so today is March 14th. So technically it is Pi Day. And yesterday was 313 Day. So if you don't know what that is, Michigan natives, Detroit, our area code is 313. And 313 Day is like the big national like day for us to be like, woo, Detroiters, Metro Detroit. If you grew up inside the Detroit area, you like have so much pride. I, I love it. I love 313 Day. So that's why I hung out okay, with some friends. Okay, okay. So yeah. So that's my life. However, oh my gosh. Okay, guys. So today's topic is a pretty awesome topic. But however, I would like to introduce our guest of the day to even introduce the topic and talk about what we're talking about today. So, Keen, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us how you're doing today? Check on in. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, everybody. First, Thank you to Naya and Tuli for having me on Rant Much. I'm so excited to be here. This is one of my favorite shows. Um, And as a fellow podcaster, I am so critical. So I really, really, really adore the work y'all do. Um, And I love this space. So I'm happy to be part of this community and talking to the folks. Like, this is amazing. Um, Oh, my God. I mean, how do you feel? About being our very first guest ever, like ever, not like no, for real. Series. You have the privilege. You have all the wait, privilege. Right wait, now. What a privilege! Wait, 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 wait. I I just had a fangirl <laughs> moment because I didn't even realize I was the first guest, and I am absolutely <laughs> gagged. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I I think it's it, it's a joy for me because you know I haven't met Tuli in person, and yeah. me and Naya have extreme history together. Um. So this is, I I love the duality of like oldness and newness happening at the same time. So not only do I feel just like honored that y'all will even have me as a guest on the show, but to be the first and setting the scene, I'm just, I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. Well, we are so grateful that you would agree to come to the show. Yes. Right? I'm so excited. I really, really am excited. And I think... You are just such an incredible um, part of today's episode. But also, I just want to say, since you mentioned that you are a podcaster, I hope you weren't judging us too hard about last week's audio. Listen, guys, my mic was not connected. <laughs> okay. So to anyone who listened to the, you know, our friendship breakups worse than romantic breakups, please. Okay. I don't need, I don't, I don't need your judgments. I don't need your questions. Yes, I think um, unless people are starting to deposit money into our bank accounts, they can have at it with however they feel about this audio, right? Thank you. You're gonna you're gonna take what we give you, and you're gonna like it. That's just that. Exactly. Right. Okay, so go ahead, Naya, and let us know. Let oh yes, how are you doing? My gosh, I'm like trying to jump into the topic. How are you doing? Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for asking. Two things you'll find out about me is one, I don't like small talk, and two, how are yep. you doing is my favorite question. Um, because I'm, I'm never just going to say I'm good. I'm going to give you the full story. So actually, the full story is um, I just recovered from COVID like two days ago. Um, I, I was in the hospital and it was bad. Like I, I was unwell. And it was so wild is that 
I got COVID at my grandmother's funeral who just passed away a few weeks ago. And so I, you know, I had this really amazing momentum coming into 2021. was feeling great. Um, and then one of my favorite people passed away. I got COVID. So I've been under for just like a month. Um, but you know what? I am so, so glad to be in a place of restoration and peace and joy today. Um, I woke up this morning with a smile on my heart and went on a two hour walk. Um, and listen to some of my favorite music and it was a great day you know my god yes yes could never be me (laughs) where am i going for two hours why can't i drive there (laughs) (laughs) love that love that yes okay awesome well i'm glad do you want to jump into today's topic yeah 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 yeah. okay guys so this really isn't this is our episode, but it's not our episode. Like today, mm-hmm. we really want to just give the mic over to a whole to someone who can speak on their experience from another mm-hmm. community that Tuli and I do not identify within. Right. So mm-hmm. that is what the topic of today is. If you've looked at the title, then you already know the title and topic for today is the stereotypes of the gay best friends. So as mm-hmm. many of you know um, and have been following us, we are in the middle of the love series. And part of that, we wanted to hit on all the different types of love that you feel on a regular basis, the love of yourself, the love of your family, the love of your friends. Um, so we decided to ask one of our friends to come on and talk. Keem, could you also just give them a little background on your podcast as well? Because I think that definitely ties yeah. in here and why we were like, you have to be on the podcast, dude. Yes, so yes. I will turn it over to you. Who are you? Oh, what do you goodness. do? Yes, so <laughs> my name is Elia Keem Abraham. Um, I am a diversity and inclusion strategist. I am a producer, actor, writer, creator, um, environmentalist, change agent, you know, all the hyphens. Um, But yeah, so for my my quote-unquote full-time work, I am the diversity and inclusion business partner at a company called Niantic, which is most known for creating Pokemon Go. Um, And then in my free time... I um, I act, I write, and I produce my show called Queer Plus Like Us. Um, we've only released two episodes. One was the trailer episode, and the first one um, was an episode I did with a dear friend named Suni Jade Reed. And then, unfortunately, I caught COVID and had to deal with the funeral, so I'm just getting back into production now. But on that show, we pretty much give space for queer folks um to express and hold community and just simply exist right because a lot of the times you know we have to force ourselves out of the margins in just you know daily occurrences whether that's non-binary folks trans folks you know gay folks bisexual folks whatever it might be and so queer plus like us is really just our space to have our amen corner and our community conversations unfiltered unfeathered um yeah and it's it's really dope the first episode was super fun um so yeah that's that's what i do with my day-to-day and this episode is really exciting for me because up until recently most of my friends actually were not other queer people which was a huge reason why I decided to start the podcast. Um, most of my friendships are with heterosexual people. Yeah. Um, and so I have a lot of experience being the gay best friend. <laughs> so I'm happy to I cannot to wait. I cannot wait to jump into that because I think, um, you know, the reason why we wanted to, to delve into this topic was because I think the, the, 
figure of the gay best friend mm. is one that is extremely prominent for black women in particular. Mm. And I think it's quite yeah. a universal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where wherever you are in the world, a lot of the times I find that black women um, are safe spaces for gay black mm-hmm. men because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, don't tell anybody, but this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. So I had my very, I, I, I don't even know how to phrase this. The wording for me, I, I love to be aware of the wording because I, I, mm-hmm. I, I do not want to offend, nor do I want to be ignorant and tone deaf yes, to certain yeah. things. So if I do drop the wrong words, please do not be afraid to say that. No, it's all good. It's all good. It like that. We're just so my out here. first, <laughs> yeah. So my first gay best friend was in high school, and I met him like on my way out of high school. So I think grade eleven and and matric. So that was the first time I'd actually like interacted with anyone who had come out to me about their sexuality. I obviously mm-hmm. was aware that, you know, people mm-hmm. have different sexual orientations, but that was the first time. And I think I came out of high school with like all these terrible, like perceptions and, mm-hmm. and loose vocabulary. But then again, I just, I guess I never had the wording. I didn't have the wokeness. Wokeness mm-hmm. wasn't a thing when I was in high school. Uh, yes, when I got to yes. my first year in high in varsity, that's when I got in all in, in all these you know thinking spaces and like all these super woke things, which is also an issue on its own. We will talk about hyper wokeness yes. uh-huh, another day. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 really like the first time I learned that there that there are certain you know. Um, things I can't say as freely mm-hmm. as I thought I could say. There are certain mm-hmm. things I need to interrogate about the way that I think about the gay community, mm-hmm. the LGBTI mm-hmm. plus community. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited for you to be here because I think as black women, as cis hen- cisgendered heterosexual women, there's mm-hmm. so much tone deafness and um, um, just like stuff, man, that we mm-hmm. that we put on our gay best friend yes, um, yeah. and we can tend to be extremely offensive and extremely yes. um misogynistic in the way yes. that we speak right yes. so talk mm-hmm. to us about what your experience of um you know what the what the the stereotype of being the gay best friend how has yeah. that shown up in your life um yeah. and what would that paint that landscape for us yeah, so I, I mean, I will take you to my earliest memory of being the the out gay best friend. Um, so I was, I was all but I want to say fifteen, sixteen, um, when I fell in love with a guy for the first time. My high school sweetheart. He is, he's the, one of the sweetest people ever. Um, so we were, you know, we were, we were really good friends. That's how we got into a relationship, actually, because somebody started a rumor that we were dating, um, and we weren't at the time. Um, and we were like, "Oh, what's this rumor? People are saying we're together." Blah 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 blah. And then we're like, "Let's actually just like make the rumor true." So that's how I got my first boyfriend. Funny story. Um, but but prior to that, I had two really, really close friends growing up. Um, one of them is still my best friend to this day. She is a black woman. She's a fierce black woman. I'm going to be in her wedding in like six or seven weeks. So that's super exciting. And she has been, you know, one of the just like rocks of my life. Like, you know, if if I was 30 complexions lighter, you would think she was my twin sister. We are just that close. Um, but I had a dear friend who was a, who was a black. <laughs> yeah. 
yes like i i am like so so chocolate and brown and she is like the skin tone of my like my hand like it is it is wild <laughs> um but i had another really dear friend who was a guy and we interestingly enough we had quote-unquote fooled around a lot in our adolescence um so you know like as you know fun fun fact a lot of like young teenage boys at least when i were growing up like in locker rooms were always like talking about each other's like private areas and talking about masturbation and doing like very queer and gay things but also disavowed homosexuality to the utmost um entity so that was a huge duality for me and the moment he found out that I actually had a boyfriend and was like coming out, he cut me off like day of, day of. And our mothers were like very good friends. We were in all of the same classes. Um, we had been in class, we had been in class together since third grade. And this was like end of high school era coming. And like we were known for being really great friends. And he just, stopped talking to me immediately because he could not be associated um, with anybody who was queer to any degree, but especially a queer man. And I think perhaps that is the first, that was my first, you know, taste of realizing um, that specifically in the Black community, we really, really, really have a split difference between how we treat queer men and queer women. Um, And so I... I learned that at an early age. And so because of that, my whole mission, I feel like for the next decade, just became, let me be as close to as many straight people as possible to prove that queer people and straight people can coexist. And that obviously became toxic because I stopped trying to make queer friends um, because I was in such a relentless pursuit to say, like, just because I am this way, all of these things cannot be true. Um, That also, that also because, like, I am one of eight siblings. Um, (laughs) Six of them, six of them are heterosexual and I only have one sister, so I was always very surrounded by heteronormativity. Um, So I was very comfortable with heteronormativity. And then also, going into to a performing arts high school like I did, an interesting thing that's also going to add nuance to this conversation is I got ostracized a lot because I was not a feminine gay man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like that, that was a huge part of the problem. And so a lot of the other like, you know, queer kids at school, specifically queer men, did not want to be friends with me because I did not exude femininity in a way that made me be like discriminated against as much as they are by our teachers, by our friends. Yeah. And so I got kind so of you're pigeonholed. Gay and, but you're yes. not gay enough. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so I got pigeonholed into kind of like this seat where I had to just make friends with whoever would be friends with me. And so that usually became, you know, me getting close to, you know, straight men who weren't afraid to have gay friends and black women um, who loved having a gay best friend. And so that's kind of where all of that came from. So it's shown up in my life in a bunch of ways. I think probably the most joyous of them all to, to bring to bring some joy into this is really just... Um, 
creating, you know, chosen family with other folks as yep. as the gay best friend. I think I fall into that seat a lot. Um, I had a really good friend in uh, college. Her name was Victoria. I went to her family's Thanksgivings. You know, we, we just had such a fun time because I had to really work to build up my own family and my own crew. Yeah. Um, and then the flip side to that, obviously, you know, comes in with being accessorized, being a talking point, people introducing you to their one gay friend because you're also gay so oh my you must get along, you know, just like crazy stuff. So yeah, we literally were just talking about that, Tuli and I. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever done that, but I understand. I've the done that. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. And then one of my and and um, he wasn't actually even a friend of mine. He was a friend of a friend's. Um, said to me, it's so frustrating that you guys do this. You want to hook us up with your one other gay best friend because you just think we'll be so perfect for each other. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really had to reflect in that moment. Like I, yeah. I had done that before that yeah. one incident. Yeah. And I was like, exactly. yeah, I got to check myself before I wreck myself. Again. Exactly. Seriously, yeah, I feel that. But I think what's interesting, and I'm not saying that the struggles are anywhere near the same, but I think for because i'm in the privileged position inside of this sector of my identity right mm -hmm. i think for me to draw the correlation a lot of times it's like white people do that all the time to me like mm -hmm. that is how my brain like recognizes like yeah if you can probably say that same thing for a white person that does it to you you might not want to do that you know mm -hmm. to yeah your other queer friends like even the right. even the fact that i just said that word actually lgbtqia friends i really yeah. should have said because that word itself is even very rooted inside a history yeah. of violence like a whole yeah. history mm -hmm. of violence you know yeah um but so I, sorry i know i know this is not a talking point but i want to know like i think sometimes i what you're talking about talk uh, you know building the parallels with race Sometimes I find that white people um, are like overly sensitive about certain things. You know, they think they're so woke um, that they can't yeah. say that I'm black. They can't say the word black because it feels offensive. Do you feel <laughs> that straight people do that to you? I feel like I'm also treading the water between saying like, you know, like, sometimes I don't want to say you're my gay friend, but like, you know, yeah. like my friends are like, I'm gay and it's okay to say that yeah. I'm gay. <laughs> Um, so do you find yes. that straight people do that a lot? Yes. That they're like, oh, I don't know what the word is. What word should I use? Yeah, I do. I do. And I think, I think it's because of two things, right? Like we live in such, anybody who participates in modern society or is in part of modern society, we are all under such scrutiny, both online and in person every single day for everything we say, we do, how we look, um, how we express, how we talk. And so I feel like half of it is, you know, internalizing and digesting the fact that what you say could be counted against you. Yeah. Not only might it be counted against you, there could be recordings, there could be screenshots. So if I, are real you know, around like, they, they are very, very real. So I do see people doing that a lot, but I also see such high anxiety and tone policing, yeah. um, simply around like, you know, queer identity and queer language. And like, I'm a diversity and inclusion professional. Like that is what I do. And one thing that irks my nerves is like people... People really assume shared vocabulary and shared knowledge way too much for me. Yeah. Like yeah. I had I had this one story come across my table about 
um, somebody who was non-binary jumping down, you know, like a sit at person's throat because they had just met them for the first time and like somebody addressed them as ma'am and they were like, well, I'm non-binary and like you should be able to say X, Y, and Z. Well, like, first of all, I know for a fact half of my relatives don't even know what the term non-binary is, right? Or for a better example, one of my mentors, when she was coming up, she's a lesbian, and when she was coming up, queer pretty much meant like dyke. Like, yeah. it was almost exclusively the same term. Yeah. But now queer is this, you know, umbrella term that, you know, just pretty much means anybody who's not straight or not cishet, right? And, like, that's just that's just what it is. Um, and I so mean, I think, like... Is, like, words have so much power, but they, they also are, like... They change so much over time. It's like, which meaning are you meaning? It's like, if you were to say gay in Shakespeare, it's like, oh, you're happy. Now yes. we recognize that as simultaneous, synonymous yes. with homosexual. Yes. And I, to more directly to your point, Tuli, I do see people hesitating in the same way that you, you know, you all were talking about it with race. I think the nuance here, though, is that usually when it happens between two queer folks, it's because, like, there's some kind of, like, forced romantic element that the straight person Mm. is placing upon them, right? Like, a lot of times, you know, it's not like, oh, I have a friend you should meet. Y'all are both gay. I think y'all would, like, really just, like, click and hit it off. It's like, oh, bitch, like, I found, I got a tall chocolate fine dark-skinned man that I think you're going to love. I know you're trying to get off grinder. Let me sit on your DMs. And then, like, you know, like, then then you have nothing in common and it's just weird and awkward. Like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like, Naya, I have, like, this one really tall, fine, you know, black man that I want to hook you up with. Like, not unless I know y'all have, like, some shared, you know, shared attraction and shared interests and shared values. I'm not going to just hit you up. It's so random and weird. But I think it's, I think it's perhaps, like, part of that kind of like um that rescue that rescue complex i see a lot in black women who have gay best friends because like they're trying to protect them they're trying to make sure that they have love they're trying to make sure that they're seen they're trying to make sure that they're valued so a lot of times that hero complex really does come in and it's just you know utilized sometimes accidentally like not even knowing what you're doing so yeah it happens. Very good virtues that we just carry as women, but gone the wrong intention. Wrong intention. Yeah. Like that yeah. it's just gone the wrong way. But as we're kind of talking about it, I mean you kind of hit on a little bit, but for those who don't know, what it what are some key things that you would quantify as like being used as an accessory? Like it, when you talk about like black women and like their gay best friend, like what is yes. that the accessory? The gay best friend being an accessory. Oh my god. Um accessorization is just it it it's so damning because it's a duality of somebody you know showcasing you for like a lot of the benefits but so that they can you know have some kind of like independent gain um so like i know for example like one of my friends she and her tinder bio she's like my gay best friend is actually my husband and it's kind of like this idea that like i i actually don't need a man because i have a man (laughs) um and like you know i I have a place to go back to in case you fuck up i have somebody to whip your ass in case you fuck up so like there's kind of like this weird sense of armor that comes Mm -hmm. along you know with being an accessory um as a gay best friend which is just like it's it's a whole additional thing right yeah, yeah. um 
But then I also think like sometimes other people will accessorize us to our best friends, like not even with their own doing. Um, sp- particularly like straight men will do that to black women um, and kind of like, you know, gloss up this idea of them having a gay best friend. Um, and it's, it's really weird. I think perhaps the bigger part of this conversation, though, is what I see as um, a lot of black women actually perpetuating homophobia um because of this kind of like scarcity element within the black community right like i have i had a good friend i had a good friend at work a good good friend at work and she is my own girl and i told her you know she was telling me you know she's from la she was looking for someone to move and i said you should go to atlanta like there's a lot of black entrepreneurship in atlanta and she was like oh no i don't have no time for dl niggas like that was her first wow response Oh my god! Or like the thing, the thing of like, um, uh, you know, the good-looking ones are always gay, or like, uh, yes. what yes. a waste yes. of a man! Yes. Like the, yes. a lot of stuff that is said dress. in South Africa, yes. like, yeah, yes. like he's All just a waste of a man because he's because he's gay. Ah, what a waste! Like oh, yeah. what? Oh yeah, I mean, I what? remember my mom when my mom found out I was gay. She was like, "You're too good looking to be gay. You don't need to date your own sex." I was like, "That's not what. That's, that's not, not how. how that's not how that works." <laughs> that's oh, not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. So, and I think you know, I think those kind of like you know, we just have those indoctrinations all over the black community, yeah. um, regardless of where in the world you are. In most cases, right? Like those are just indoctrines that are everywhere. Um, and so, yeah, that, that 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 it's definitely a thing that happens, and it's really frustrating and saddening. But I think the scarcity is huge. And maybe would y'all be willing to be a little bit vulnerable and let me know if you ever feel like these elements of scarcity, right? Because what I always see is like you know, black women being like, oh, well, like, my man isn't gay. Like, why do we have to emphasize the fact that your man isn't gay? <laughs> like, I get more concerned that you feel like you need to emphasize it because now I have questions about, but is he and you just don't know it? Like, that would be my next question. It's like, why do you feel like you have mm-hmm. to? And then my mm-hmm. other question is like, okay, but if you are, why would you hide that? Like, that's who you mm-hmm. are as a person. Like, I understand that there are repercussions in society, you know, like I understand that homophobia is a very real thing in a lot of cases that for a lot of people that is life or death, right? Like mm-hmm. we're not just talking about an idea or concept. We're talking about in a lot of cases, people's Absolutely. livelihoods, right? Absolutely. Like discrimination is still a thing. Yes, it is illegal, but depending on where you are, is the law actually going to be upheld? Eh, that's questionable. Exactly. So I feel like for those particular like specific situations, like I'm just talking about this one specific situation, it's like twofold of like, if this man, if this person does identify as gay, what's the problem? Like, why yeah. is that something that needs to be identified? It's like, why would I walk around saying, oh, my hair is dark brown? Mm. That just mm. is what it is. Like, unless they want to identify that. And also, why are you so terrified of like i feel like i would want to date or be involved with somebody that i knew everything about them and i Mm. loved oh well okay let's be honest i'm not gonna love (laughs) everything about you but i want to love even the the scar tissue you know like i want to love even the bad things so even with that stuff it's like 
I want to love everything about you. And if you do identify as gay, I want to love that about you. However, in, in my case, as a cisgender, heterosexual female, I ideally, I mean, I don't think you would be attracted to me unless like right. you're bi, you know, like right. even still, there's even the right. stereotype in the black community that's like, if you like, what is it? It's something where it's like, if you're bi, you're actually just gay. Like it's it's right. some it's some like weird stereotype that like in the black community is like oh when you're when you say you're bi like that you must be lying because it's bi they basically use bi erasure as a justification right. to say that like you're still straight because you like right. the opposite right. sex like that's right. yeah. it, it's so weird to me and I didn't even know there that was a term until I had friends who identified inside the community who was like you know that bi erasure is a thing. And that yeah. was definitely something where I was like, oh, crap, I've, I have done yeah. that before. I have, right. whether I've said it or I thought it, like, those are definitely things that I can actually say, like, I I have participated in that yeah. and didn't recognize the harm that I was causing. Type yeah. thing. But to answer your question, I think, um, I actually can't repeat the question because I think I got really <laughs> off base there. Yeah, no, I mean, my, my, my question is, like, do you feel like you've ever operated kind of like under this umbrella of scarcity um you know yeah. when when specifically pursuing other black men right because like a lot of the narratives i will get is that you know there's a shortage um you know there's only so many black men out here like the ones that aren't in jail that are good looking are yeah. gay or like you know like this don't have kids the ones that like have good credit and got their stuff together and have beautiful that apartments part. they're also gay you know it's just like it's so it really it's is so scarcity mindset it's like i'll even admit like when i think about the movies that i watch think about the Mm -hmm. way that like society has socialized me and i also recognize that i'm the only one single talking right now um but even from like the standpoint of like dating i have to consider that like i do have to consider the fact of like okay am i am i okay with dating somebody who has been convicted of something Am I okay mm-hmm. with like the levels of that? Am I okay mm-hmm. with the fact that you have kids? Like, mm-hmm. am I okay with the fact that you don't have a college degree? Am I okay with the fact of dating someone who's a trans male? Am I okay with, and that's the other thing too, is like a lot of times we say it in that way, but the truth of the matter is that that's transphobia, but that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you have to consider all of these different things, right? It's like, oh, would I ever date a white man? Okay. Like, like that, those are conversations that, I mean, all three of us, I mean, I'm the connecting tissue here, but I've had different conversations with both Kim and Tuli. It's like, would I ever do that? You know, would I ever do any of these things? And I think from that standpoint, yeah, I think I'm always operating from the standpoint of scarcity because that's the way that dating has always been taught to black women. Like we don't get the world full of emotions. You know, it's like we, we're never offered the option of having it all. Like it's either you right. have your career Absolutely. or you have a family. You have to take some, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's an I example, mean, but yeah. I mean, I definitely see it in movies. I mean, obviously, we watch a lot of American television and a lot of American movies. And so that's definitely, like, something that is prevalent. And I can see it just even in how dating for black women is, is, is you know, framed on everything. But yeah. I definitely don't think I've experienced it myself. I mean, I live in South Africa <laughs> and I'm There's made also the here. Fact that y'all are the majority. <laughs> we are the majority. <laughs> you know, this is the factory of uh, niggas. You know, and right. so yeah. I don't necessarily right. have um, or never have operated under like you know conditions of scarcity. There is no scarcity of black men where I come from. 
but I definitely right. have I need to come over there. <laughs> no, but no, but the niggas here are trash. So please don't, don't do it. Everywhere, <laughs> don't everywhere. do it. Straight heterosexual men. No, uh, no. So the American men are the bottom of the barrel. Let me tell you, I just got really lucky. But Kim, actually, to 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 answer your question and to also be a little bit vulnerable, um, I had um quite an experience actually with um the conversation of homosexuality in my own relationship, right? So I am not dating the macho man. I'm not dating an alpha male. I'm not dating a man who's like, I'm the man. You will listen to me. You know, my dude yeah, is extremely yeah. sensitive. Um, not mm-hmm. sensitive in this like emotional, but insensitive to, you know, his own emotions, my emotions. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he's basically everything that a man should not be. He doesn't drink. He's not like, yeah. you know, like I'm going to protect you and I'm going to, I'm going to beat up anybody. Mm-hmm. Who you know, like he's just, He's just who he is and also was raised. He's so chill, He's man. So, chill. so chill. He really is. Um, <laughs> raised by, um, you know, uh, his mom, like, super closely with his mom. So there's just a lot. Like, he just frames the world differently mm-hmm. to a lot of niggas our age. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember the first time he met my cousins. My cousins are, like, my brothers. And, you know, um, okay. in South Africa, but mas- mostly, like, with Kosa culture, because I'm Kosa. Like, a man drinks, mm-hmm. okay? That is what a man does. Yeah. And so when he meets my cousins and he's like, now nah, I'll have juice, I remember my cousins just having, like, all these <laughs> like all these comments, like, what kind of a man? You yes, can't even, yes. you know? Then we go out and he gets, like a, like, a virgin cocktail or something and the drink is pink. And that mm-hmm. was also another issue because what kind of a man? You know, what, you know a man is going to come and step to your girl. Yes. What are you going to say when you're holding a pink drink? And I'm not going to lie to you, as a black woman who didn't understand, I didn't understand the shit that I was caring about dating a man, right? I always thought Mm -hmm. that, like, I wanted to date someone who was sensitive and, you know, you're not going to patriarch all over me. You know what I mean? Like, in theory, theory, it sounds great. In theory, it sounds great to date somebody who's going to allow you to take the lead, who's going to allow you to have your voice. But I think in practice... My hetero, my my toxic heterosexualityness really came over me, and I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even stuff that happened in my relationship, but it was the world telling me that my boyfriend wasn't a man yeah. and wasn't man enough. Right. That I was looking at him like, yeah, are you, are you sure? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we mm-hmm. had some really tough conversations around that. He's like, I am who I am. So if I'm not man enough for you, yeah. you need to go find whatever that is. So that's another thing about my right. dude. My dude is very much like, I love you with everything in me. But if 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 you are having your own issues with such and such a thing, you must go find that thing. Right. And I had to I had yeah. to deal with that. Yeah. I had to deal with a lot of the ideas yes. of this toxic masculinity that I didn't think I wanted in my life. But now when the world is telling me that. Yo, your dude is so good looking. Like, he's got such a nice smile. He smiles like a girl. Like, what does that even mean to smile like a girl? <laughs> dude, I wish I smiled like what, a girl. What, they got pretty smiles. What does that mean? It is. You know, like, I've, we've been <laughs> what in... What does that mean? He's been in situations where gay men will hit on him. And because he is just so friendly and so chill, he's he doesn't even notice it. Do you know Rhea was on a date <laughs> with a black man, I with a gay man, and he didn't know it? He thought this How? guy was like... Oh, let's go have some food. Hey, let's, you know, have a drink. He was like, I bet. Let's go. It's free food. Let's go. (laughs) And he says in the middle of the date, he realizes that no, man. (laughs) He knew he was gay. 
But Rhea has like he, yeah, yeah. he has gay friends, so he's like that it's has whatever. nothing to do with you asking to go get food. And like, he gets yeah. it, and he's like, oh, I see, I see what's happening here. <laughs> so yeah, I I've had I've had really tough conversations in my relationship about stuff like that, um, oh. and having to deal with my stuff of what I believe a man is. I've said some really offensive yeah. things to him in the heat of the moment yeah. because I am heterosexual and I'm cisgendered and I'm problematic as shit, you know? Like I have <laughs> I have some yeah, things yeah, I have yeah, some yeah, things yeah. to yeah. sort out and um yeah. yeah, but it's been a beautiful way to learn about myself and to unpack that yeah. stuff with my partner um and to be extremely clear on on matters of identity. You know, that like, this is just who I am. And if I'm not man yes. enough for you, you need yes. to do what you need, you need to do. To go yes. find that. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think I want to say something that I think is very interesting and I hope gets socialized more is that within the black community, I, also, I almost am willing to say that a lot of our problems are not homophobia and transphobia. It's femphobia. Sure. It's really like the phobia against femininity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if you see, if you see like in a lot of these films, you will see like these very masculine, you know, gay women be a part of like the most the most quote-unquote homophobic crews, right? Yeah. But it's only because that woman leans extremely into masculinity, mm. which we uphold in the black community above everything else. True. We uphold masculinity as like the top-tier rung of saying somebody is worthy mm. of attention, worthy of love, worthy of yeah. everything, right? And respect. Um, and yeah. respect. And respect. It is only when... Um, hyper femininity is in play and it's not in a sense of lust yeah. in which in, in which there is a freaking problem right like you know like black men a lot of times don't have a problem with femininity when it's femininity they feel like they can lust yeah. after right because yeah. then it's perspective exactly of it's always yes perspective of yes but when they see someone who is male exuding femininity or they feel like they're being deceived because someone is trans and they are exuding from fem exuding femininity then all of a sudden you know there's there's an uproar there's an arrest right um you lied and so I, you yes, were honest yes. like all of a sudden it's think, like but i didn't lie this you yeah. fell for I who think, I am. Yes, yes, yes. And I think what, what Tuli was hinting at was really this idea of femphobia, yeah. which a lot of times black women have adopted, which black men uphold yeah. every day, right? Because yeah. if it's something if it's something as simple as like your man is drinking a pink drink that's sus, like come on. Like we <laughs> y'all are y'all are y'all are taking this too far. Or like my they older my older my yeah. older cousin, she once she once told me that she left the date because the man she was on a date with ordered a salad what so he what? helped she he trying to eat a little bit she of salad like, she was like ain't no man taking me on a date ordering no salad if you don't get some steak and potatoes what and man, the man. Hell? I was like <laughs> what I was, I was like, oh, what like, hey dude up. can't be out here eating salads now I mean, people, I can't take, really I like, can't take care of myself. To, I can't love myself. What, what the I'm hell? trying to get you to understand is like, that's how deep it runs. Mm. Like, that's really how deep sure. it runs. And it's sedentary. Yes. I think yes. also what's interesting, what adds another layer to this is like, yes, we're all black. We're all in the entertainment industry. So we can talk about this from that perspective mm -hmm. as well. It's like, mm -hmm. Keem, you are from the South. So anyone, yeah. any of our listeners who don't understand yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the basis of America, like the South. Right. Uh huh. Yep. It's a whole nother culture. Like Southern oh, yeah. comfort, oh, yeah. the, like very sweet, like Southern Belle. I'm saying all of these stereotypes, and you literally can Google them, and like you'll get the idea of what I'm talking about. You've seen our oh, yeah. TV shows, you've seen our movies, mm-hmm. you yeah. understand the basic idea. Like Confederate mm-hmm. flags are not a foreign sight thing. Yeah. For those yeah. who don't know, Confederate flags. The side that lost in the Civil War, yeah. The, the people who wanted to keep slavery, yeah, that was their flag. Yeah. So, it, that's... I mean, I've, I've been called colored in my lifetime. Oh, Lord, Lord. It ain't the it, 60s, baby. It ain't the 60s. Let me tell you. Yeah, like, you know, it's 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 really different. I think the way homophobia and queerphobia and transphobia and femphobia all show up in the South is just very, very different than it shows up in the North. Um mm-hmm. I'm, I've I've been to a kind of like you know a couple of I don't want to say what what's, what am I trying to say I've been to a lot of countries that are not America I've traveled a lot, <laughs> yes, um, yes. and homophobia and femphobia queerphobia transphobia it just looks different depending on where you are in the world yeah. Yeah. that's not like an American unique thing it really 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 looks different like in some places it's institutional in mm-hmm. some places um, it's more so you know transphobia in some places you know it's really like you know it's it's homophobia in the sense that people don't like being um feeling like they are experiencing deceit like i have some friends who are who are gay and russian (laughs) and they tell me all of the time it's like you know being being feminine is like you know a it's a survival tactic sometimes because like when others when other straight men find out you're gay and you're still masculine as them they feel like you know they have been intruded upon Uh. right so like there's always kind of like this lifting there's like this lifting of like your queer identity when you're around you know just so so people have like you know tangible stereotypes to latch to it's so strange and so weird depending on where you are in the world yeah, I mean, that even connects yeah. to, you know, one of our, our last talking point about the stigmas of, um, you know, you oh, yeah. you spoke about a lot, you, you, still, you talked a lot about um, having more straight friends than you did, you did queer friends at some point in your life mm-hmm. and the kind of stigmas you deal with in those, um, you know, relationships with, with having friends, uh, uh, you know, who are mainly men and cisgendered. Um, so, so that is not yeah. even something I thought to consider, you know, that, you know, sometimes your femininity is like, mm-hmm. oh, you need to play this femininity, you know, as to out yourself with these, you, with these cisgendered uh, male friends, you know, so that they don't feel mm-hmm. like you fooled them. And I thought we were boys, but we're mm-hmm. not boys because mm-hmm. are you really even a boy? You know what I mean? Exactly. So like, talk to us yes. about more of those yes. kind of dynamics with uh, cisgendered male friends. Yeah. I mean... So, I mean, before I say anything I'm about to say, I just need everybody to know that I hate men. Um, Okay, okay. You're in the right place because even me, I started the podcast in the very beginning. Our first episode, I said you need to know one thing about me. I hate men. (laughs) Yes, like, like... I, I I I am I am attracted to men through and through, yes, but I like I get I get annoyed with myself exactly. sometimes just because of like how much you know, how much conditioning and unconditioning like I have to do on myself just because of yeah. like 
the ways in which like we've been entitled to just so much shit like from from being entitled to make comment on women's bodies from being oh. you know in spaces that are inherently gendered yes. for like you know from from assuming that like you know just 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 like it's too much and so i will i want to preface all of this with that um i want to say that my the reason why I want to say the majority of my friend base is actually straight men is because I have six brothers and you know, I love, I I have a huge family and I love, 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 love my brothers. Uh, Like, like you could, they, I am so happy that my, my siblings have respect because like, I think we love each other so much that if we didn't have basic respect, we could very easily manipulate each other. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, and so I, I want to say like, that's where a lot of it comes from. And I was actually having this conversation with, um, another person who's going to be on the podcast very soon. And that like, I'm working really hard to build up queer friendships because a lot of them, especially between, you know, queer men in my experience, like they just turn sexual <laughs> for multiple reasons. Like, you know, like they just become sexual relationships. And so having friends for me that are straight kind of like takes that element, you know, just like out of the picture. Um, yeah. um, which is not which is not something which is not something that's like inherent that I'm pursuing. But I can say that on the other end of a lot of my friendships, like I have many queer friendships um where one of us being attracted to the other has gotten in the way of us simply being friends. Um, And so that's a, that's, I mean, that's a huge point for me. Um, But yeah, I, so I have, I mean, I have a lot of friends. I have a couple of close friends from college who are men. I think the big thing is, is like, you know, all of those people who are, you know, cishet straight men, um, they have to do a lot of self work, right? Mm -hmm. Because, a lot of times, and I have I have three three very close straight friends who always get asked if we're dating. Four, four mm-hmm. close straight friends who always get asked if we're dating, and it literally has to become like a like a cadence speech that they have to have lined up a lot of times just to defend the fact that they are friends with me. Mm-hmm. To a lot of times, straight women, um, to straight women and um, very homophobic straight men. And so that's something that kind of always sucks. Um, it's just like having to, you know, having to watch them go through that. Because on one end, I'm like, I don't care. You're a straight man. You can sweat a little bit. But on the other end, right, like, <laughs> they they are like some of my closest friends. Yeah. And it's just like really annoying when we're out and about and like their parents think that we're dating or, you know, the somebody they're dating is like, oh my gosh, you're too close to your gay best friend oh my gosh i forgot i totally forgot this happened literally like a month ago one of my closest friends in this world um like he he and his girlfriend got into a fight and she decided to weaponize the statement so has keen ever tried to hook up with you during their fight because she was so upset she was so upset that like he's my best friend and he calls me whenever things go wrong as you go, as you do right? as, as you call as you do, your best like, friend you call your mains when stuff goes Period. wrong I call my circle at the ready exactly at the ready like we have each other on speed dial that's yes. just how it is you know and and she was so upset that that's what she decided to use as a weapon you know and I just 
I was like, oh, like this is consistent. Even in 2021, we still have this going on. So it's it's a it's it's a lot to handle a lot of the times. Um, what I will say, what I will say is different between like between like having straight male friends and straight women friends. Um, is that a lot of times with my straight women friends, you know, we're just we're just kikiing. We're just hanging out, right? Like, we're just living, we're smiling, we're having fun. I think something that I have to be emotionally safe about, though, is that I will see a lot of straight men befriend gay men just to have emotional connectivity with other men that they are not allowed, quote-unquote, allowed to have or is readily available with their other straight friends, right? Like, yeah. that's that's something that happens a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, men were taught that we can't be vulnerable, we can't be emotional, we can't talk about our mental health, we can't, like, you know, wear nail polish and a pair of Doc Martens if we want to, we can't, we can't do all of these things. And I found a lot of times in college that that straight men were kind of using me and my other gay friends as a kind of like beta testing space for their femininity and whatever part of their identity that might be queer. And like that was something that I really, 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 really had to fight against. Um, And so now that I have, you know, now that I have the mental tools and I have like my radar and I can suss out when somebody is like trying to use me as an experiment or figure out what might be going on, like I'm in a much better place now that I'm a little older. But when I was, you know, when I was 20 and young and I was dealing with my homophobic father and I wasn't making friends and I was single and all these other things, like I would let straight men use me all of the time. (laughs) like emotionally like you know um and like that's i think that's part of like the learning curve that comes along with it and and it's why you see a lot of times gay men only have like other gay friends and friends that are women because like that is something that happens a lot yeah that's real well okay i need a minute i need to process all that information Mm. that was a lot of information we got real deep real fast y'all um however Please, 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 as always, as you start thinking of things that we hit on inside of the episode that you connect with, that you can relate to, that your friends can, you know, relate to, can connect with, tag them, follow us, please comment down below on our Instagram post, on our Twitter page, whatever is your your tea, go ahead and sip it. Um, and we will all sip it together because that was... Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you so much, Keith. <laughs> that for was amazing. Being vulnerable and sharing your story. That yeah. is awesome. We will also link Queer Plus Like Us down below inside of the um, the caption. Yes, yes. Um, so please also check out Keith's podcast. Please. It's really dope. I've also listened to both episodes. They're awesome. I literally was just like in awe. There were so many different points that I really needed to sit down and like write out, but I was driving, so I couldn't. <laughs> um, but there were so many quotable moments. And thank you for being such a huge fan of our show. Y'all, every week, every week, <laughs> I get a text message from Keem about something that Tuli said. Faithful, and I'm like, faithful. Bro, bro, I can't. Tuli, I can't okay, okay, so you, if Naya can verify this is true, like, maybe once a week, I'll send her a voice memo, and I'm like, <laughs> 
But Tilly, Tilly, I have to ask. Literally, literally, Tilly, I have to ask. Rapid. So now, so you have to tell your friend he's now quotable. He's quotable. I, I he, I, we don't have money, but if we did, royalties would royalties. Need to be handed out. And I actually <laughs> just did the intro on his podcast. He's dropping his podcast soon. Uh, the Trim and Chop podcast yes. is coming soon. I'm so excited. That intro is my voice. Okay, you know we just had to learn each other's, you know, it. each other's voices, but. You know, yeah, yes. like like Naya said, Kim, this was amazing. Like, I loved this conversation. Um, also, tell our audience where they can find you on social media so they can get to know you a little bit more. Because yes. I, I, I follow yes. you and I'm like, okay, this is great. I love yes. this. Yes. Um, so, I'm on all of the relevant social medias at E-L-Y-X-K-E-E-M. Um, it's just my first name, except there's an X instead of an A. Okay. So, follow me. I'll follow back. I love to see what y'all are doing. Um, and this has been so fun. Thank you for having me on the show, y'all. Like, this is just a, such a delightful treat um, of course, of to course. be here with y'all. Yes, it's amazing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Well, guys. And I'm excited to be a guest on your show. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting it out there like I just yes, I, I, yes. you know I want to feature I'm at that point now I'm a podcaster you know, this, who features on this is a crossover so I will definitely have y'all on the show it's gonna happen I love it I love it I love it I love having friends meet other friends and it's just so great because people yes. meet other people yeah. oh, just as well as you know people can hurt people people also help people yeah. like I know a lot of times we talk about the negative yeah definitely um, but it's really I not, also it's really not that deep it's really not that hard to yeah yeah thank you guys for listening to this week's episode this is definitely one of my faves i had such a great time <laughs> catch us next week on rock much bye guys